Hey Hope family, it's our last look at our New Testament epistles. We'll be taking a look at Jude, a short book tucked in the end of the New Testament right before Revelation. Have you ever wanted to sit down and have a conversation with someone, but you were unable due to either time restraint or other obstacles got in the way, or the message was just so important you had to get it out right away, and you so you had to resort to a phone call or a quick text to get the message out there? There are just some conversations that feel like they would be so much better in long form and face-to-face, but we don't always get that opportunity. The message is too important, can't wait, or there are just too many obstacles before you can get to the desired outcome. This has happened to me on many occasions, and I always fear that in those moments I'll be misinterpreted or seen as cowardice or or just it will come off like too bossy or too pushy. In one story that came to mind back in high school, I had this plan to ask this girl out to be my girlfriend. We had been talking, as the kids say, and I was ready to ask her to be my girlfriend. A bunch of us were hanging out one night, and a mutual friend was driving us home. I had talked to this friend and said, make sure that you drop her off first. I'll walk her to the door. I'll ask her out. Well, we got talking in the car, and I guess the driver forgot the plan, got distracted, and went to my house first. I didn't know what to do. This wasn't the plan. I kind of sadly just said goodbye and walked into my house, and I decided that I just couldn't wait. So I gave it some time, and then I called her on the phone when I knew she would be home, and I asked her to be my girlfriend. Then explained that my I had a more courageous plan of asking her face-to-face, but just not wanting to wait. And thankfully, this was not a story of much consequence, but we've experienced stories like this where we couldn't have a story face-to-face. We had something more important that we wanted to say, and we just couldn't get it all out. We had to address something else first. And that is actually what is happening in the letter of Jude. Jude says in the beginning that he planned to write more through letter explaining salvation through the Messiah that was Jesus. But he had heard about an urgent matter concerning corrupt teachers. So he fired off this much shorter but still deeply thought out letter. Jude begins by telling this church to contend for the faith, and before he gets to how, he tells them why. There have been teachers that have infiltrated the congregation and have perverted the grace of Jesus as a license to give in to their desires, especially as it pertained to sexuality and money. Jude goes on to cycle through two sets of warnings, drawing on some familiar Old Testament stories and some less familiar, at least to us, stories from other Jewish writings like the book of First Enoch. Now, I think today we have a lot we can take from this already. I don't think that you are receiving false teachers in your midst at Hope Christian Fellowship, and I pray that that is never the case. But in our connected world, we encounter false teachers all of the time. We have politicians who live lives of greed and sexual immorality, but when behind a podium and in front of a camera, take up the language of Christianity to further their political ends. Far too often, we as followers of Christ fall for their lies and their false teaching, and we count them as one of our own and then get lost following them down a path that does not lead to the abundant life that Jesus has called us to. We have teachers who are pastors and who have messages that are often theologically sound, only to later hear about their improprieties behind the scenes. This can and has caused a lot of damage to individuals, institutions, and the reputation of the Bride of Christ. 
Many have walked away from Jesus because of powerful men who abused their platform and denied the power of Christ in the way that they lived. The words Jude ends with are important for us. The specifics of our situation to this church to whom he is writing are certainly different. And because so many of the false teachers we will encounter will be online, my specifics will differ from yours, but the principles he puts forth are for all of us. In verse 20, he says, But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. So Jude here is using a metaphor of the church as the new temple. He tells them to build themselves up in the most holy faith. So that is their foundation, the most holy faith. Our faith in life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is what everything else stands on. That's where we are to build ourselves, not on the teachings and the life of other men and other leaders, but on the life of Jesus. His life, his death, his resurrection is the foundation on which we stand. Once we have that foundation, we are to dedicate ourselves to praying in the Holy Spirit. This communion with God is integral to our being able to carry out our mission. It is a pillar, if you will, that rests on the foundation. Another pillar is to keep ourselves in the love of God. And I don't think Jude is suggesting we have to be on our best behavior so that God continues to love us, but rather our actions should reflect the love of God. We are to live in the love of God so that everything we do comes from that place. Love of neighbor is another pillar that rests on on our foundation of faith. And with this foundation and these pillars, we are to wait expectantly, not passively, for the coming mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of this is done under the protection of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of trappings out there that if we are on our own, can can easily cause us to stumble. There are plenty of false teachers out there who set traps that they would love for us to fall into. But with a community of believers built on the foundation of faith and the pillars of prayer and loving action, we can and will stand firm. We all have a role to play in building this type of community. What role is God calling you to play? And how are you stepping into that calling?